Welcome to episode 41 of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Video Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. And we do have a beautiful day today. Highs in the mid-80s, beautiful sunshine. Uh, hope to be able to get outside some today. I hope you can too. We are finished. We just finished up this past Sunday a series we were doing here at Lakeshore called Running from God. It was a study of the book of Jonah. I want to do a little summary of that series, and then we'll look at our series that we're going to be starting this next Sunday. Uh, the whole uh, book of Jonah is really a, uh, a study for us in what it means to hear God and how we respond to God. And sometimes people choose to run from God, and there are a lot of motivating factors for that. Sometimes it's fear or guilt or uh, anger. Uh, there's just so many emotions that play into it when we don't understand the heart of God we can sometimes avoid him or try to get away from him and what he wants for our lives. Because if you don't know how much God loves you, you don't really understand what a wonderful father he is, then you may think it's a scary thing to let God have control or rule over your life. In this last chapter of the, of the book, uh, chapter 4, uh, Jonah has run from God already. We see that in uh, chapter 1 when God calls him to go to Nineveh to preach to the people there. Uh, and then he tries to escape. He gets on the ship, that boat that he buys a ticket and travels, trying to get to Tarshish, the opposite direction of where God wanted him to go. And there's that great storm, of course, that comes up that God, that God provides. And the sailors finally end up throwing Jonah overboard. Uh, he is swallowed by the fish, and inside the fish, that's where he goes through that process of repenting and deciding to turn back to God and, and do what God wants him to do. So the fish vomits him up on the shore, and Jonah is told by God again, I want you to go to Nineveh, preach against the city. So he goes to Nineveh, uh, he's, he walks through the city, uh, and brings this message that they have 40 days, or God's going to bring destruction. And uh, during that uh, time that he was preaching, the people began to listen, and it was a very effective message. They began to repent they were uh, putting on sackcloth and ashes. And, and from the king who, who proclaimed they needed to do this all the way down, and even, even including the animals, they were all uh, putting on sackcloth and ashes. The people were repenting. Uh, they had stopped doing all their evil. They had been known as the city of blood. It was a very violent place. And they're turning from all of their wickedness and their violence. And I love how... It finishes up in uh, chapter ten, chapter 3 with verse 10. God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways. He relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. The very next verse, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, But to Jonah this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. Isn't that amazing? He, he goes and takes God's message to the place God sent him to go, the message is a call to repentance, and it's actually an effective message, and the people really do repent. And Jonah thinks that doesn't seem right. Now, we have to understand the history with the Ninevites and the Israelites. There was great animosity between them. Uh, they had, uh, had a history of violence toward the Israelites and not treating them well. And so Jonah did not like them at all. But this was God's assignment. This is what God wanted Jonah to do. And the idea behind it was to actually get them to turn from their wicked ways, to turn from the evil, to truly repent. But when they do it, Jonah says, this is 
This is not right. And in fact, we find out in the next few verses that, that Jonah's saying to God, that's what I knew was going to happen. I just knew it. That's why I tried to run to Tarshish. I knew if I went there and I preached and, and, and they turned from their ways, then you're going to relent, God. And I love the accusations he makes against God. He says this about God. I knew that you are a gracious, compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And Jonah says, I'd rather just die. I, I don't even want to live anymore if that's the way you're going to be. Think about that. He's just said some of the most wonderful attributes of God, slow to anger, gracious, compassionate. Those are the things we want from God when we mess up, right? We, we all sin. We all come short. We all have those shortcomings in our lives, and we want God to be patient with us. We want him to show compassion, forgiveness, grace to us. But what about our enemies? I think that's one of the greatest lessons from the book of Jonah is that, is that we need to know the heart of God. And if we're going to grow up to be like God, then we need to have the heart that God has. Well, after God relents, Jonah is really upset, really angry. He'd rather just die. He goes off to the east side of the city. He builds this makeshift shelter, and he's going to watch for that 40-day period just to see if God does spare the city, see how everything's going to work out. And while he's there, this vine grows up overnight. It provides great shade for Jonah. And then just as quickly as it, it grows and provides the shade, God provides a worm that eats the plant. It dies and he loses the shade. And then God causes this hot east wind to blow. And, and the heat is just bearing down on Jonah. And once again, he says, I, I just want to die. This is awful up here. And God's response is what I want to summarize with uh, in this series today. Uh, he says, I wish I were dead, but the Lord said to him, you've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? And that's how the story ends. Uh, where God teaching Jonah this lesson. So I want to summarize three truths from this series, from this story, from this book of Jonah. The first truth is this. God's way is the only way for things to work the way they should work. He's the creator, the designer, the sustainer of all things. He knows what's best. And we have to learn to trust that God's ways are the best ways. Even if the Friends are telling us differently, even if the culture is telling us something different, even if we emotionally feel something different about it, God's way is still the best way. It's the only way that we're going to get the blessings of God, the, the plan of God to be carried out for our lives. It's, go, it's a good plan. It's the best plan. But the only way we're going to experience that with all of the blessings and the provisions of God is to actually do it God's way. God's way it's the only way for things to work well. The second truth we need to remember is this. God's timing is always the best timing. I know sometimes we think God is not listening, he's not really responding, or he's not doing what we want him to do as quickly as we want him to do it. But God's timing is always going to be best. Uh, when God decided to send Jonah, it was the time he wanted him to go, and God's timing was the best. When God decided to spare the city, it was the best timing. 
He knew they were going to repent. He were going to, they were going to respond to the message. And so he wanted Jonah there at that time to preach that message because he was going to get the response that he wanted to get from the people. And he wanted to spare these people. He wanted them to turn from evil. That's what he wants from all of us. And so he has these appointed times and places and events where he can work out his will in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. And oftentimes when God delays, when he doesn't answer us when we want him to, or when he, we think he hasn't answered, but he is working in the background and we just don't know it, God is bringing about the response, the results that are best for us and best for the people around us and best for the work of his kingdom and the world that he created. And so we have to trust the timing of God and not try to run ahead of him and not try to force things that aren't God's will, but to actually respond when God says go, we need to go. When he says stop, we need to stop because his timing is always the best timing. But the most important lesson, I believe, from this series in the book of Jonah is this. God's love should be our love. We should learn to love who and what God loves. And the scripture is clear on this. God so loved the world. That's all of his creation, and that includes every human being in the world. He loves us all so much that he sent his son Jesus. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now, the truth for all of us in the world is this. We've all sinned, and the wages of sin is death. So if we get what we deserve, we would be punished for our sins. But God shows his love for us in this. Even while we were sinners, it says in Scripture, Christ died for us. So if God loves us that way, and we represent God in the world, then we need to see others through God's eyes and love them the way God loves them. We should love what God loves, and he loves every human being. He doesn't love our sin. He doesn't love how, what we do a lot of times, but he loves us. And even the people who treat us wrong, or even the people that we think are not living like they should, he loves them just as much as he loves us, and he sent Jesus for them just like he sent Jesus for us. So it would really change our perspective and how we interact with other people if we could just learn that God's way is the best way. It's the only way for things to work well. And that God's timing is the best timing and that God's love, well, the way he loves, is the way he wants us to love. So if you missed any of those in the series, those messages, you can go back and catch them on our YouTube channel. I encourage you to go back and watch those or listen to those there. Well, I'm excited about the next series we're going to be doing starting this Sunday. We're going to be in the book of Psalms. Uh, it's a unique book. Uh, it, it's different than any other books in the Bible. Uh, it's often been called the hymn book for the nation of Israel. Uh, it's, it was what led them in their worship of God. These uh, psalms were not just read or studied. They were oftentimes prayed as prayers, and they were sung as songs, put to music to be sung in praise to God. They carried a unique role in the formation of God's people. They, they weren't only used to facilitate worship, but to teach God's redemptive story to his nation, to his people. Now, there's some unique aspects to the Psalms that differ from other books. Uh, there wasn't just one author of the book of Psalms. There, there are about eight authors of about 150 different Psalms. Now, David is the main author. He did about 73 of the 150 Psalms, but he certainly wasn't the only one. And it's organized into five books, uh, 
even though it's one book in the Old Testament, it's really divided into five books of Psalms uh, in the original writings. They really take two forms, too. They're either poetry or prayers, sometimes a little bit of a mixture of both. And all of them, or many of them, not everyone, but many of them were put to music and then sang in praise to God, and they would use them in their worship services, in their worship times in the temple or the tabernacle. And they had a lot of different themes to them. And I think uh, oftentimes when we think about the book of Psalms, one of the things I want you to think about is no matter what you're going through right now, what emotions you're dealing with or feeling, there are some psalms that will speak to that particular thing. Things like joy or lament or thanksgiving or confidence or remembrance or, or wisdom. They're just, you name it, those different themes, they're all covered in the book of Psalms. And we're going to uh, certainly not deal with all 150 psalms. That would take too long. We're just going to do summer in the psalms. So uh, we're not going to do that many, but we're going to do select psalms all through the summer and look at some ones that deal with some of those different themes and emotions that we deal with in our lives and what uh, the psalmist said about it and what God has said about it in the psalms. So the psalms will help you, I believe, do what they do for me. For me personally, they give me a roadmap to navigate through thoughts and emotions in a way that moves me toward God, not away from God. So as we teach these psalms, as we spend time with them on Sundays, we listen to how the psalmist expresses these emotions and how they respond to God with these emotions and how God responds in return to them. It will help us deal with those emotions that we're feeling, that we're going through. Sometimes it'll be joy. Sometimes though it'll be struggle or lament. And we need to know what to do with those emotions and how to express them in a way that's God-honoring and that blesses other people. The Psalms certainly will do that for us. We're starting with Psalm 1. That's the best place to start, right, this coming Sunday. And in Psalm 1, it especially contrasts the lifestyle of the righteous compared to the lifestyle of the wicked. It's only six verses long, this first Psalm, but it really paints a picture, a portrait, of what it means to live out the righteousness of God in the world. Uh, and it spoke to the people in that age and that time, but it speaks just as clearly to us in our culture and our world. It's very up-to-date and applicable to what we're facing in our world today. So I hope you'll join us as we begin this new series. If you could be with us in person, uh, we have services at the Antioch campus at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We have services uh, at the Smyrna campus at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And we live stream our services every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. So if you can't be here in person, I hope you'll connect online. And then after their live stream, they are then archived there on our YouTube channel. So you can go back and catch those anytime. I want to remind you before we leave today from our podcast, we've got some great events coming up. This coming Sunday, not only do we begin a new message series in Psalms, but it's also Mother's Day. We're going to be recognizing and honoring all the moms that are present at both campuses. We're going to have photo booths so you can have family pictures made or even individual pictures if you want. Have a lot of fun with that. We're going to have some uh, gifts for the mothers that are here. And uh, we certainly want all the moms that can possibly be, possibly be with us in person to be with us for those services. It's an honor, a joy to recognize and thank all of the moms and all the great work that you do uh, in blessing the world. We also are going to... Uh, 
have graduate uh, a graduation Sunday where we honor the graduates. That's going to be coming up on Sunday, May the 21st. I know I've been seeing a lot of posts on social media with graduations that are taking place. If you have a high school graduate uh, that's graduating this year, uh, we want you to let us know so that we make sure they are included in being recognized and honored on that Sunday, May the 21st. So you can just email us here, admin at lakeshorechristian.com. If you haven't already connected with our youth leaders and let them know, we want to make sure we don't miss anybody. So let us know, and we look forward to recognizing and celebrating with all the uh, graduates and their families on Sunday, May 21st. We have elementary camp coming up June the 4th through the 9th out at White Mills Christian Camp. Uh, parents, you need to get your kids registered for that. They already have a lot of registrations coming in for the summer programs there at White Mills. You don't want to miss out on it, uh, so make sure you don't miss the deadline there. Go ahead and get your children registered. And then we've got CIY Mix for middle schoolers and CIY Move for high schoolers. Mix is June the 19th through the 23rd. Uh, the high school move is July 23rd through the 28th. Both of those events will be taking place at Lee University. It's a great campus there and a great program. And again, parents, you need to go ahead and get your kids registered for that as soon as you possibly can so that all the plans can be made uh, for them to enjoy those conferences. Uh, we are so excited about everything that God is doing here at Lakeshore. We have new people coming regularly. We've had a lot of new additions to the church family over the past several weeks, and we love having new people come. So if you've got questions uh, about coming to visit, please be sure you email us or call our church office. We'll be glad to try to answer any questions you might have. And you can check us out online on our website at lakeshorechristian.com. We'd love to see you this Sunday as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church. Thanks for joining us today.